This is Kevin. And this is Ron. And this episode of Your Valuable Home is brought to you by Provia. Provia, a faith-based company that makes entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone, and metal roofing, all of incomparable quality. Welcome to Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast for listeners who believe that residential real estate is the way to build wealth. Hi, I'm Kevin Kennedy, a working contractor and host of Your Valuable Home. Your Valuable Home is for homeowners and investors alike who want to acquire and improve real estate based upon educated decisions. And I'm Ron Milk, Your Valuable Home producer and co-host. Our weekly one-hour podcast is not about doing it yourself. It's about hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. And it's not about flipping. It's about buying and holding to build wealth. Homeowners and investors who strive to create wealth and financial freedom with real estate and avoid costly home improvement mistakes. Your valuable home is for you. The Project Replay made redoing our kitchen and bath trouble-free. Your horror stories have kept us from hiring the wrong contractors. The college segments have taught us how to keep toxins out of our home, what to look for in replacement windows, how to borrow sensibly against home equity, and more. College teaches investors like me how to freshen up my rentals without spending a fortune. Their suggestions are great for ROI. It's time for Your Valuable Home. New show, new day, new replay. What's the replay? So it's nice when you do a replay when you have a returning guest of the Your Valuable Home show and a returning client, a friend of mine that we're working on Mm -hmm. right now. When people always say to me, when you're getting the guest on, you don't know what you're going to be getting from the return from the guest, which means is the contractor good? Is the contractor showing up? Is the contractor doing the work? Right. This situation, we've already done our kitchen. She was on a couple years ago when we did the kitchen. We're doing a hall bathroom and a powder room and everything's right on schedule. But it's just nice to deal with repeating customers and guests because it's a nice system to prove our theory that you're, you're a valuable home. We're telling you how to get things done, how things should work. And if you listen to us, it's going to be great. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Make sure everything's on schedule. We started this job a couple of days ago and we have a little bit of a time crunch because I know we've got a big party coming up, right, Charlotte? So Charlotte's on the, on the line now. We're going to talk about her hall bathroom, which is really neat. I just saw the vanities today and the powder room. So why don't we do this? Why don't we walk us through the hall bathroom, because that's something a little bit different that we're doing with the, the vanities that I haven't seen before. So let's talk about it. So and thanks for coming on and doing this, by the way. The hall bathroom, first of all, was the original hall bath builder grade cabinets 30 years ago and so on. We even had the original towel rack, which fell off thanks to my children. <laughs> hall was it, was nice. looking, it was looking pretty bad. The vanity that we chose is like a pecan wood, I believe, with a little bit of a gray tone stain. And it has four drawers. My kids share the bathroom, so they each get a sink and then they'll each have two drawers to put all their stuff in. So it looks really great. I wasn't sure when I first, because you know, you only see like a little bit of a sample. I wasn't sure, but I really like how it turned out. So, so. it's got a nice grain to it, does it? It does. It has yeah. like a lot of grain to it. Yeah, so I it would think so. Cool. Yeah. We just mentioned when I was over there this morning before we were coming over here, I said, that's the first time I think I did a, a wood cabinet because everybody's going to paint it, the light grays, all the gray tones. Right. So Dave, my foreman, turns to me and goes, what did we do in the kitchen about a year and a half ago? I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> so that was the last time we actually did a wood stain. I mean, back in the yeah. 80s, 90s, it was a lot, but it looks really nice. 80s and 90s, a lot of oak too. That, yeah. yeah. It's coming back though. Like the oak way is coming back? Not- That's what I said this morning. I said, it's coming back. That's what I heard. <laughs> that and wallpaper. Yeah, we had, uh, yeah. remember Don Hoffman was talking about wallpaper coming back. Yeah. And I said, yes, it is. This is another job that we're doing that she is getting wallpaper in the powder room. How about that? So Yeah. So uh, we're excited. It'll look an updated bathroom to go with our updated kitchen. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Everything's pretty much going to be done at this point. 
So we have the, so the tile is getting installed tomorrow from uh, time we've got. So we started a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. ripped it out, got the plumber in, got the electrician in. Uh, got it in this township we have to do what's called a pre-inspection so he had to come out before everything and he said just call us at the end so we had him do the rough plumbing because we had to get so what is he what is he looking at in the pre-inspection uh well here's the thing because they have there's a pre and there's a real inspection too this is the only township where they actually do a pre-demo inspection now what that means is they want to come in and see you're not ripping down walls right so you get a permit you start doing the work and you rip down walls they don't know if it's been ripped down or not they have an idea now right so which is a great idea because a lot of people try to squeeze in bearing walls Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you do that you need a permit for that you need to get an they try to squeeze them in because they won't don't want to get the permit right saves money that way right 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 that's why i always say get a permit i mean this job was tiny it did it need a permit technically yes but we get permits anyway the reason why is because now it's a safe haven for the homeowners mm-hmm. to know that the job was done correctly because they're coming out to inspect the work. Yeah, if you ever sell a house too, you can say, "Here's the permit we got. You know, we did everything according to Hoyle." Yeah, yeah, it makes it a makes lot sense. easier. So the tile being installed, Charlotte, what are you doing exactly with the tile? So it is um, in the hall bath. The shower tile is just a white subway tile, but we're doing it in a. Um, I can't think of the style. <laughs> a running bond. Yeah. Like Sorry, it, what was that? It's called running bond where it's staggered? No, we're doing it in a um, chevron style. Sorry, couldn't Ooh. think of it. Chevron style, yeah. Hmm. So okay. I thought that would look cool. And um, the floor tile is just like a dark um, charcoal um, hexagon type style. So Been very popular lately. Yeah. So here's one of the good things that we just found out. And this is Dave. Dave's got some great ideas. Uh-huh. He's like the decorator. For all my listeners, if you met Dave, just take a look at the cover of September 2006, Fine Home Building. That's Dave. He's an absolute animal, but he can decorate. So we were in, in this morning talking about the threshold, which is a transition piece from uh, tile to wood. Mm-hmm. And usually we just get a standard four-inch double-beveled threshold, but you still have an elevation there. And when we did the kitchen... They had the hardwood floor. We put a Cortec product over top of it. So the flooring that's new. You didn't take the hardwood up? No. We went right over. We went right over. But the tile we took up. We put half-inch concrete pour down. We glued and screwed it. But the the flooring itself is exactly a half-inch above the concrete board right now. So we have to put tile down. Dave and I don't like transition pieces. Now, what that means when you're going from one floor to another, Mm -hmm. you have that little mound, I would call it, that you step on. It's a transition that hides the seams between the two. Mm -hmm. So it was a perfect storm where the tile, where it butts up to the door and then the new flooring, the new flooring still had the groove in it. So Dave said there's a piece of Cortec out in the garage. So he cut it to put it slightly under the door. Now we're going to bring the tile right to the Cortec so there's no transition piece. It would just be a smooth transition. It's just a butt. It just butts. That's it. Mm-hmm. So that was a nice thing that uh, bonus worked out today. But that's some of the things yeah. that when we tell homeowners, you know, if the homeowner hires somebody, who's the one doing the work? With Dave and I there every day, it makes it a lot easier because we can think of these things, go to the homeowner, because if the contractor is not there and he's doing subs and they're just coming out and just saying, hey, what's going on? It makes it a lot easier. So when we thought about that, I thought that was a great idea to have that no transition piece because the entire first floor when we did the house has none. All Mm -hmm. the core tech from all the rooms going from the dining room to the kitchen to the family room, there's no transition. Mm -hmm. So this is something nice that I figured if, if any of our listeners can do that. Uh, have your contractor spend a little what bit more Cortec, time. What Cortec did you use for the, uh, for the, for, for the flooring? Uh, that's a good question, Charlotte. Do you know that one? Do I know the exact type? Mm-hmm. Um, not offhand. What was it? Was <laughs> it wood, uh, wood style or what? Yes. Yeah. It's a wood, um, 
looking darker wood, um, like a wider plank. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah, we're really happy with it's it. It's amazing. I mean, they make products that you can, it's hard to tell the difference between that and, and uh, real wood anymore. You know, the way that's uh, engineered now. Yeah. I mean, it's been great. We have a dog, so it's been helpful with, you know, we had hardwood before I've scratched all up from the dogs. So yeah. They're close. Scratch it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. you're good to go with this now. Mm-hmm. Good. So Ron, let's move to the powder room because it's a vanity color that I've never did before. So I, did, I didn't see yeah. it. I was actually, when we recorded, I was painting uh, yesterday when I, was, when I was getting the painting done, I just had to go get to the studio and Dave was installing the downstairs because it was all prepped, ripped out, put the paint on the walls. So I got there today and looked at it. I'm like, wow, that's a different color. So why don't we explain the color that you chose for the, the powder room, what the style you're going to go with it down there? Yeah, it's like um, a dark, um, like a dark Christmas green. It's like a dark green and we have um, gold hardware on it. So it really like pops and I love it. I think it's awesome. It does. Yeah, it right? sounds good. It looks yeah, it awesome. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that gold color, it's starting to come back in a little bit more. I used to do that in the early 2000s. It was called Vibrant Brush Bronze by Kohler. And it's coming back. It's not brass. It's it, She's right. It's a gold color. It's a nice, it's an elegant finish. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to see what that whole thing's going to come together. But the light matches. He has a light above the vanity that's going to match. And uh, with mm-hmm. the pictures in, it's going to look great. Yeah, everything. Run, it seems like everything runs in cycles with colors and textures and that kind of thing. It goes, it comes, yeah. it goes, it comes, you know? Well, the upstairs, we are painting the same color as the kitchen. And the downstairs, uh, why don't we explain the wallpaper that you're putting in? Yeah, so the wallpaper, it's definitely a color. Um, it's like a pink tone and it has flowers and leaves and I think it's butterflies, birds. So it's like a lot going on. But I think it's cool because it's just a powder room. So it's in the corner. It's not like seen all over the house. And it just brings like something fun and different to that space. So yeah, if you don't like it, you can always change it too down the line if you get yeah. sick of it in five, seven yeah. years. Not a big space. Yeah. No, no. Mm-hmm. It, it, and to write a lot of the, actually in her neighborhood, we do a lot of work. And a lot of people are going that wallpaper look. They're doing a lot of powder rooms, downstairs bathrooms. Wallpaper's coming back. You know, Donna Hoffman from the interior IDH is a phenomenal designer. And when she said wallpaper's back in, I'm like, uh, I don't know about that, but it is. And if you get an Yeah, elegant- and I've been told it's great for bathrooms because usually it's like wiped clean and then you don't have to worry about it. So so you're saying if you have young boys, getting wallpaper's not a bad <laughs> idea? Yeah, that's what I was told. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. But yeah, I completely agree with you. I, look, everything you pick so far through the entire house looks amazing. So it's for Dave would usually put his input in with returning customers because he really likes the homeowners we're working on now and all the customers that we've been working with are great. And Dave gives his input. And if Dave says to you, our city, like, well, are you sure you want to do that? It's probably going to be a little outlandish. And you might not like it because we see what you're trying to go. But Charlotte picks colors that are just, it's elegant, it's timeless. And it, the powder room downstairs looks awesome what we have done so far. So I'm really looking forward to it because I don't know what the wallpaper is. Yeah, I like the, I like the wooden cabinets. That's a, that's a, that's a nice, uh, nice look. Cool, cool idea. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I also, again, with children, I feel like painted cabinets can get scratched and nicked. So hopefully wood will. Yeah, dinged up a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Definitely a different look. So we'll have the uh, pictures up on Instagram and social media with Facebook to see what people can actually look at when we're, we're talking yeah. about this. And it makes it a same. Big, big difference. But yeah, I was excited about that. I wanted to get it wrong because it was something different when I saw the vanities that make it a little bit nicer to understand what our listeners have options for. And if we can give them the options and they can exhaust all the options and 
you know they're going to be happy with their, their final decision. Sounds good. It sounds like a nice project or a group of projects. It will, and yeah. we'll be done on time. Everything's mm-hmm. going very well. I, Charlie, do you think we're staying on schedule? Yeah, it's been great. It's been awesome. Good. I really appreciate that. So thank you. Okay, and everyone stick with us because we have in our feature segment today, we've got Jeff Levine, a pro realtor uh, from Bucks County. And we're going to be talking about different options for young couples who are caught up in the anxiety of the seller's market, which goes on and on and on and on. All right, we'll be back after we take a quick break. Kev, is it hard for clients planning large exterior projects to visualize how the colors and textures work together? It used to be, especially when they mix products from different manufacturers. Provia's new website and broad selection of exterior products make my job easy. Clients' faces light up as they choose all the products needed to give their home's exterior a now look with Provia's product line and their amazing new website. We use their visualizer right from my laptop. Hey, the site is amazing. Provia makes color selection a breeze. The website has eight suggested exterior color schemes that can be applied to Provia products, or customers can choose shades from any palette to suit their own tastes. The Design Center tab must be a great tool for you in visualizing how all Provia products work in harmony based on window and door configuration, siding, stone, and metal roofing color and style. It's brilliant. You can see how Provia products work together on a sample home or a photo of a client's own home. Then you save the work with the My Portfolio tab. The site even lets me take exterior measurements. The new Provia.com and an expansive line of exterior products deliver on Provia's mission, which is to serve by caring for details in ways others won't. For updating home exteriors, our listeners should go to Provia.com slash YVH first and visualize the possibilities. All right, right now, continuing with this mini-series that you've got going on, what's the next one? Well, as you know, we just wrapped two series. One was the coolest neighborhoods in America, and the other one was a, a mini-series that involved you, me, and Donna Huffman, and Gary Toth, and we offered ideas for how people can improve their communities and add value to their homes. Now, here we go again with another series of podcasts aimed at helping our listeners who are looking for a home find their way out of the rabbit hole called the seller's market. In today's real estate seller's market, the bidding is fierce the disappointment beyond frustrating over and over and over again. Okay, so with us to help eager buyers of all ages find a path to home ownership is Jeff Levine, partner, owner of Keller Williams and Real Estate in uh, Dawestown. Jeff's a real estate pro with over 35 years of experience, and he's been on your valuable home before several times. And Jeff, welcome back. Hey, how are you guys doing? Oh, doing good, 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 good. Was there another time in your 35-year career that uh, you experienced the seller's market that was as challenging for buyers? Well, let me first correct you and tell you this is actually my 39th year in the business. Uh-huh. So let's not make me any younger okay. than I am. <laughs> and the answer to that question is no, absolutely not. There's never been a market like this before. Okay, so how long is this going to last? What's happening here? We've never experienced this kind of a continued period with a lack of inventory. And post-pandemic real estate has proven to be no different than where we were at the beginning of 2022. And how long is it going to last? You know, real estate markets tend to be, I mean, in my career, which I began in 1984, housing cycles tend to last around seven to 10 years. And we're simply like two, two and a half years into this one. So I don't see anything in the near future that's going to cause a dramatic correction to the market the way that it is today. 
So if you're a young family and you've been butting your head against a wall time and time again, probably for the last year and a half, and losing bids to people who are overbidding you and open houses that have 100 cars on the street, are there alternatives? That's what we're here to discuss today. Right. Well, you know, the one thing that I've been doing for the past couple of years is talking to buyers about what I call their buyer profile. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean exactly who they are on paper, how they present to a seller when they make an offer. And it's not just about the bid that they make, about how far over asking price they go, but about the other factors about them. How much cash are they putting down? How much? I mean, there's a lot involved in what a seller is looking for other than simply price. Mm-hmm. So what I've been doing for the past couple of years is meeting with buyers and talking about how to make their buyer profile as strong as possible, how to put them in the best position possible. How can we do that? I talk to them about building their cash pile in some way. I talk about them trying to see if there is gift money somewhere from a relative of some kind to make sure and put that in place mm-hmm. so it's in their bank in some way, mm-hmm. cleaning up their credit. And most importantly, that they need to seriously examine and determine exactly what they're willing to do or not willing to do in order to buy a house. Because it's really just folly to go out and see a house every week. And it's sometimes every day, the new house that comes on the market, and then just not be willing to step up to the plate to do what needs to be done to win the deal. So they they need to make that decision on them for themselves. What am I willing to do here? Am I at what inspections am I willing to waive or not waive? That's not up to me. And I do not ask that of any buyers, but they need to make the decision. How are they going to be the most competitive? And perhaps if they're looking for a house, if they can afford to spend 550, perhaps they should be looking at houses that are priced well under five. So they can do that. They, they just need to understand the lay of the land and make those decisions for themselves before they start to, just as you say, submit these offers endlessly and never be able to buy a house. Let me tell you that I have had so many clients from two years ago who got very discouraged in the process after three to six months. And they sure. have, they're, they're on the back burner now, which I understand. I stay in touch with them. And what they are doing is saving up money waiting for things to change a little bit. They're trying to figure it out. You know, not that the market's going to shift dramatically for them, but just so that they're in a better position. I'm wondering too, is buying up in stages a solution for some people? I mean, I don't think there's a one size fits all solution for everybody. If you're in a small condo now, for instance, does it make sense to focus on possibly less competitive segment of the market? If it is, and that would be townhomes, a townhome that's like 2,500, 2,700 square feet if you're in a small condo now instead of trying to go to a house at $700,000? Well, I, I love that you're saying that because it's funny. I just left an office meeting this morning. I was having a conversation with somebody who's been in the business as long as I, and we were talking about our early days in the business. The buyer sentiment is so different now than what it was. So when I began, I actually started with a listing of these two-bedroom condos in my marketplace that were selling for fifty thousand dollars for the first floor, fifty-one thousand for the second floor. And I sold so many of them to young buyers. And so many of those people who I sold to then in nineteen eighty four and nineteen eighty five, I later then sold a townhouse to. I uh-huh. later then sold the single family house to. The issue today is is that I'm getting calls from folks who want to spend five, five 
50, which in my market area is really not that much money. I mean, the average sale price in Doylestown Borough, where I am, is is almost a million dollars right now. So, you know, they're, they call me and they want a single family house. And it just is impossible because when that rare single family house comes on the market for under 550. As you said, I had one recently like that. We had 90 showings and 12 offers. So yeah, it's so highly competitive that it would behoove them to sort of scale back their ideas and understand that they need to build their real estate portfolio over time, quite frankly, the way that their parents most likely did. Because I'm sure you and I, that's how we built our, that's how, that's, we, we live in the places that we live now, not because we bought that as our first purchase. You're absolutely right. Yep. Absolutely right. right. You have to build your equity slowly in real estate. It will happen. You will not take a loss. You buy the little condo. You wait five to seven years. You sell the condo. You get the townhouse. You wait another three to seven years. You sell the townhouse. You get the single family. So it is a process of stepping up in your properties and not just hitting for the fences the first time out. Yeah, probably more so than ever date uh, ever before that law applies because everything you know in Bucks County. We're talking about Bucks County here, but Bucks County is not an aberration in the United States of America. I mean, there are a lot of markets around the country where you're not going to get into a single family house for under like seven, $800,000 now, right? right? Absolutely not. I yeah. mean, there, there is the rarity of the 5550 house. It needs a lot of work. But as I say, the competition for them is so strong. And those houses sell cash over asking price, no inspections. And again, people have to decide if they're willing to do that or not. But uh, typically, you're going to be one of 11 who aren't going to get the house. So and then, you know, and then you're right back at it. So continuing to you know, bang your head against that wall is really folly. So that's why I always have to counsel my buyers of like, you, you need to make a plan. What, what are you willing to do? And this is how we do this. Well, one option is the townhouse, right? Is, is that market as tight now as uh, single family homes? Yes, they're all tight. Okay. They're all tight. They're all tight. The, 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 the small condo, they're all, they're all very tight. We just don't have the inventory. You know, I wake up every morning very, very early, and I check what's called the hot sheet on the computer to see what's new and what's under contract and everything else. And we no longer have a two-page hot sheet. I mean, other than the fact that there's lots of price reductions or, you know, things like that. But they're not, they're, there's not properties coming on the market. It's like dreaming the impossible dream. So, uh, you know, it's just very, very important. I mean, I try and preach realism in the housing market. It's a great time to be buying. It is not a bad time. The interest rates are fine. There's nothing wrong with this market. It just is difficult. And I think that, I think that where we are is where we're going to be for a while. So people have to make that decision. Am I going to get in the market or not? Am I, am I actually going to wait? five, seven, ten years. And then at that point, it really can get away from you because even though our own incomes may grow, our own financial situations may get better, housing prices are not going down over the long run. Yeah, I There's agree. no doubt mm-hmm. about that. They yeah. never have and they never will. So best advice for a young family today is if you are getting frustrated by the banging your head against the wall weekend after weekend, going out looking at houses that you're not going to get, Maybe it's time to come up with strategy 
B and C and try and see how that works, right? Maybe the townhouse strategy is one for somebody. Maybe if you if you can telecommute today and your 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 company doesn't have any problem with that, maybe it's looking in different geography. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And but you know, there's been a lot of that over the past two and a half years. I mean, I've sold since the pandemic to an awful lot of people coming out of Manhattan who didn't have to go into their office anymore. Yep. The only issue now is that a lot of people are being called back into their offices. That environment's changing a little bit, but there is a a great many jobs in our country now where you do not need to be present in that town. So people are definitely moving to areas that they may not have ever thought of before, where it's much more affordable for them. Proximate to our area in Bucks County, you've got Delaware. And Delaware, yes. is it's got a lot of built-in advantages in terms of uh, property taxes, in terms of taxation as a whole, in terms of the cost of homes. My, my um, cousin, who lost her husband, is looking in Lewis, Delaware. You know where that is? Yes, that's and, a very popular place, actually. Yeah, and finding new homes, new developments that are like 350000 400000 Yeah, and that... Yeah, and that's a hot spot, Louise. That's a very hot spot right now. Well, she nice likes community. it because she's a beach person. She's from New Jersey. And uh, I said, well, you know, if you move down there, you're going to move away from your family. But you know what? Everything in life is a trade-off, isn't it really? Right? Well, ab- absolutely. And what's interesting is that in the past couple of years, families have been moving closer to each other. So it used to be that I had a lot of parents who had moved to where the children live. In the past two years, I've had a lot of children move back here because their elderly parents still lived here and they had the flexibility. So there's, I I do think there's much more movement around the country than there ever has been, not based upon job relocation, which is what it used to be because companies don't relocate people in the way that they used to so easily, Mm -hmm. but people of people on their own are making those relocations because they're they're able to telecommute and they want to be closer to family, whether it is children, grandchildren, or elderly parents. So I, to me, so many of my clients are moving out of this area or moving from another area into this area. Okay. So we got two options there for some people. And as I said, it's not a one-size-fits-all. One but one option is think about moving in state, moving up in stages. You know, you buy a townhouse now, you're in a condo, you buy a townhouse. That townhouse could become a rental property for you in the future, depending upon how you That's career That's a great goes. idea. Right? Right? Absolutely. And that's what you're talking about, acquiring wealth through real estate, and that's one way to do it. And another way to do it is think about moving to a nearby area, a nearby state that's not as expensive as the one that you're in right now. Right? Yeah, and there's and there's also the possibility of combining household income. So this isn't for everybody, of course, but for a lot of families who are moving closer together, uh, I've had families go in together on properties, whether they're buying a duplex or building something which they can add on an in-law suite. And so both mom and dad are going on the mortgage. The parents may have the money for the down money where the kids don't. So combining family fortunes has become more frequent than they ever had been before. Mm-hmm. That's another option. Yeah. We've got three options. Here's one that I'm, I, I spent some time thinking about. What about... A young family buying into a multifamily property, living in one part, which I understand there's a break on the mortgage rate. Is that a good solution to stepping up in the real estate world? Well, it's a, it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for my market area, multifamily dwellings are rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, that's so they're they're not non-existent, but it's kind of a rarity. But it is a way uh, if there's any ancillary location in the building. I have had people that have bought properties where there's a portion of it that they could either rent out separately or they could Airbnb it. That's not part of their house, like a finished lower level that has a separate entrance. So mm-hmm. people, have, there, I have had clients that are being inventive about things like that, just trying to be able to maximize what they can buy with as little money as possible. And that is a way to do it. That is a way to do it. Okay. All right. And am I right about that? Does the, the person, if, it, if they live there, don't they get a break on interest rate in the mortgage? Well, you know what? I don't know because mm-hmm. I am not an accountant. So I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> okay. forward for you. There's always a mortgage interest deduction rate. Um, but the in and outs of all of that is um, I have a CPA myself and I don't like to enter into those waters for my clients. So I, I suggest they, uh, you, my motto in life is that you do best what you do most. So what I do is sell real estate. I'm really good at it. And the rest I leave to the people in their areas. That's so. actually good advice. Yes. Yeah. Very good advice. Yeah. So, so we got call, another, call account. we got an, we got another option there. We got another option, right? For some people. Uh, how about this is buying a piece of property and building a viable solution for some people? Well, that is, again, this depends upon area of the country. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I'm here in, um, the, the Delaware Valley, Philadelphia area. I'm in Bucks County. I, I work in Bucks and Montgomery County since Center City, Philadelphia. Land is scarce. And I do, right now at this moment, I have two sets of buyers that are looking for land and to build houses. But they're looking to build houses, one at 2.1 and one at 3.2 million. So these are, these are you know, top tier um, buyers. So it's very difficult to pull that in. You know, this is sort of um, off the cuff math, but I've always used the number that a lot should be one third of the final price of a house. To find land in our area for less than 350 is difficult. So right off the bat, you're building a million dollar house. Mm-hmm. So doing the infrastructure on that land is uh, both complicated for the company that's doing it. You have to get an engineer to do that, to figure out the building envelope, remove trees, we find out how many trees in our area. You're only allowed to remove 17% of trees on any lot. I just had folks that we were under contract and doing due diligence. They were not able to go forward because they could not build the 5,000 square foot house that they wanted to on the property that they had under contract because of that 17% of trees only. So the expense of that is, uh, it's not inexpensive to just um, take a look at it. They spent a lot of money on engineering studies before they had to pull out of that deal for the land because they were not able to build what they wanted to build. So it's a great idea if you can find the land that is there and affordable for you to be able to build the house on. Does it make sense to combine that idea with the other idea? I mean, if somebody is interested in building a house, the house of their, their not their dreams, but a, you know, a nice house that could be added onto later on to go to someplace like Delaware and do it. Yes. And also, you're, you know, I, I have um, uh, a 
client of mine, I almost said a buddy, but he is a buddy now because he's been a client of mine for 35 years at least, who is a builder. And every one of his houses, he built a smaller house that he had always planned to add on to later. And by the time I went to go sell the final house that he had built, it was much larger than the initial house that he built. So, you know, just building in stages. Again, you want to make sure that the lot's able to hold the house that you want right. to eventually achieve. But that that is another way to do it. Um, some people, gosh, I just thought about this, and this is all the way a very, very long time ago when I was a child. Uh, my parents built a house, uh, and we lived in New Jersey. That's where I'm born. And they bought a piece of land in a neighborhood that they wanted to be in, and they didn't build for five years. They could afford the land. They couldn't afford to build the house. So they bought the land, and they waited until they were able to position themselves to build the house that they always wanted. And not that a, is our family. Not a bad house. idea. Not a bad idea. So you're right. So that, so that also is something that one might look to doing again for, for young buyers, the idea of, um, of achieving what your parents took 30 or 40 years to build and achieve, um, is a little unrealistic. So you have to start small in the housing market, like everything else in life. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people have that expectation. A lot of younger people have that expectation today that because they live that way. Instant gratification. They live that yes. way, yeah. right? Instant gratification. And maybe, yes. it's time, maybe it's time to pare back your instant, instant gratification and, and look at realistic options to moving into a house today. Make sense? It is. All, yeah, yeah, all those questions we're talking about, which is why when I when folks call me about buying a house, I do a buyer interview with them, which is really to find out all of these questions and bring things up to them and try for them to build a plan for themselves. Because you really do, like anything else in life, you have to have the plan and then work the plan. So to just think that you're going to go out and buy a house is not as easy as it may seem. I don't want to act like it's difficult. It's what I've been doing for years, and I do it all the time, and mm-hmm. people buy houses all the time. But you do have to have some sense of what the ultimate goal is and what this step is to get you to that goal. You're not going to get there at one time. Well, in the next couple of weeks, Your Valuable Home is going to be looking at various options to building, too. And there's, there's more one way to skin a cat there. I mean, you can get an architect and a builder and do it. We're looking at an uh, organization called, first, called Acorn Deck House. They build prefabricated in a prefabricated fashion where they deliver all the pieces that you need to construct the house. It comes to your lot and it comes in stages. They stage it according to the construction schedule. And I said to them, is it possible they have a couple nice smaller homes on their website? And I said, mm-hmm. is it possible just to, to for a young family to you know, buy a lot in a reasonably priced, priced area that's got some uh, land available and just build in the architectural drawings and everything to add on to that house at some future point so you know where you're going with it when you, the day you buy the smaller house and just go from there. Is it possible to save money by doing a slab on grade instead of putting a, a uh, basement in? Because not everybody needs a basement. You could do it with a storage mm-hmm. room possibly. And, 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 and I think we're going we're gonna to be talking about that next week, I think, as, as a matter of fact. And uh, the answer to those questions was yes. Yeah, I, I know Acorn, and I've dealt with Acorn, and they have great houses. Um, there are other companies as well. And I've had several people, clients of mine, who who did do prefab houses, 
And what's interesting about prefab, because it has a connotation that's not great, which is foolish, because there are some people who really think that prefab houses are terrific because they're built inside and then sh shipped. So, you know, the, the wood is not open to the elements as the house is being built. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's all, yeah. I mean, it's very interesting that the prefab home is actually a great way to go. For some reason, a lot of people don't like the idea of that, but I have never found that to be a, a turnoff in any way. I think that they're great. And I've seen some terrific prefab houses in there. Um, I actually have a client who um, built a prefab house and I remember seeing it come in like in four pieces and it's not a small house at all. And then they just sort of bolted all together and it's a, it's still standing. And that was built probably about 30 years ago or so. It looks great still. I like it. It's with Acorn um, deck house in particular. I like the design genre genre that they use and uh, a lot. And that's um, uh, basically mid-century modern. A lot of glass. Yeah. A lot of glass. Yeah, a, a, a lot of A-frames, a lot of mid-century modern look. I mean, I actually, I like the look of Acorn houses. I think they're great. And, you know, there's such a movement in the country, which fascinates me, the tiny house movement. And um, it's interesting that most of the people who are who like tiny tiny houses, the twelve to 1,600 square foot houses are, are people that are a little bit older that have already had big houses and say, why do I have all these rooms? Um so most of us who've lived in houses for a while understand that we basically live in three or four rooms um, and the other rooms are just kind of add-ons. I understand that when you have children, you want a little bit more room, but for first-time buyers, they haven't grown those families yet. So you're right about starting small with that construction and then you can add on later as new arrivals come to the family. Do you have any other thoughts about specifically for young young families in terms of how they can crack the seller's market nut? Don't give up. I, I mean, I hate people getting frustrated by the real estate market. I love real estate with all my heart. It's what I do. And there's no better way to build wealth in America than through real estate. So I just really urge young buyers and first-time buyers and really anybody in this market. Look, I mean, one of the reasons why there's a lack of inventory is I have a lot of people in larger houses who would like to move and they actually have the ability to buy a house without selling their house, but they can't find the house. And so those houses also are not coming on the market. And that's also part of what the inventory problem mm -hmm. is. There's so many things coming into play and in why we have this low inventory. It's a lot about demographics, a lot about age ranges. The boomers have either already moved or they feel stuck in their houses at this point. And we have this huge population of Gen Z and I guess Gen X and Z right behind them coming up that one houses now. So the idea is just, I, I just urge them to, to speak to a professional, uh, me or somebody else, and to have somebody help them with the plan of how they can move forward. Um, I very often put folks, have them talk to a mortgage company and put them on a financial diet of some kind so they can figure out how to handle their money so they can have a larger down payment, so they're more competitive in their offer. If they're only a 10% down buyer, they really need to try and get themselves up to being a 20% down buyer at the least. And of course, cash is king. And there are so many people out there now that are able to put in cash offers. It's pretty staggering, actually, that there are that many people that are able to. It is. Yeah, I it wonder is. where it's all coming from. I, I just wonder where it's all coming from. There were a number Well, of a, a, lo a lot of it is from parents who have, who have built their wealth through real estate. 
I mean, it's interesting. Exactly what we're talking about is this long run approach to building wealth through real estate. Many of the young kids' parents have done that. So they're able to give them, you know, 200,000, 300,000, whatever the amount is. I mean, that's not everybody, of course. Mm -hmm. Those are very privileged people. But that is who you're competing against out there when you're doing the bids. So my job is to help them understand of what their capability is today and how we can make that capability capability better in the next six months or year or two years or however long it takes so that we can get them into the housing market in some way. Great idea. Great, great idea. I'm going to throw out one more for you uh, for everybody to think about. And I know somebody actually did this years ago. Does it make sense for young families who know each other? Maybe they're the same family. Maybe it's brother and sister or two sisters or whatever have their their own families now to uh, get together, buy land, build together and sort of form a cluster of, uh, of uh, homes that they could be someone, something from Acorn Deck House where they yeah, I think share it's a great all the costs and everything, you know? Yep. Yeah, c- combine resources, whether yeah. it's with parents or children or brothers and sisters or even friends. Of course, you want all the eyes dotted in teeth oh, yeah, so right. after that kind of a relationship. <laughs> but but, but it, is, it is a very, very viable way in which to enter the market for people that are are lost on their own so combining yeah combining assets on groups of people definitely a great idea it's almost like a, an earlier version of uh, in life of the in-law suite you know it, yes you know, different generations uh living together to share costs and everything else that comes with home ownership jeff this has been phenomenal thank you very much hopefully we've given some some hope and some ideas to people out there who are having a rough time right now trying to get seated in the real estate market. I hope that as well. Because as I said, I don't want to be negative about the real estate market. It's, it's extremely strong and it's, a, it's something that I believe everybody should have in their portfolio. It's not just an asset. It's also the place where we live, where we create memories and raise families. So it's it really is the American dream. So I'm here to just help people um, make that a reality, not just a dream. A lot of good ideas. Great to have you back on the show, and we'll do it again. Hey, Kev, great news on how our listeners can tap into their home equity without taking a loan, making monthly payments, or piling on debt. With Unison, they get up to 17.5% of their home's value to remodel, pay off debt, buy a vacation home, whatever. You have Unison, right? Yep, paid off medical debt. Unison's terms were perfect for me, especially zero monthly payments for up to 30 years. Zero monthly payments? How do they make money? When you sell your home, you pay them the original co-investment amount plus a percentage of the change in your home's value up to 30 years later. How do we learn more? Go to unison.com backslash YVH, which stands for Your Valuable Home. Again, that's unison.com backslash YVH. Additional terms and conditions apply. Visit unison.com backslash YVH for details. Remember the name Provia, your single source for professional class, entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufacturing, stone and metal roofing products made with latest technology and honest old world craftsmanship the Provia way that's this week's podcast your valuable home comes to you every week on the new pod city podcast network apple Podcasts, and all other popular podcast directories if you want us to share your home improvement project or horror story email me at kevin at your that's kevin at your and don't forget to tell your friends and family about Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast that's all about building wealth in residential real estate and hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. 